Hi and welcome to Elsie's Mundo uh, Book Club podcast. Hi everyone, Nico is here with me today. Hi Nico. Hello, hello Elsa. Thank you for having me here today. And I hope today we are going to talk a little bit about book illustrations and children books. Yeah. Is that what you brought? Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. First, I would like to ask you just some. Uh, personal questions. What do you do? Um, what is your passion? What is your job? And don't move because then I have to edit everything. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Okay, so currently I am a teacher. I, I teach design in Thailand in a school called Rungarun in Bangkok. But initially I am well, I did study design, but I become more like an artist. I do puppetry. Puppetry is like my initial passion. And then all sorts of things come surrounding that topic. Um, yeah, <laughs> mainly that, including illustration, book illustration, mm-hmm. art toys. How did you How did you get interested in puppetry? In puppetry? Well, I was studying design. I based all of my works in designing toys. Yeah, so therefore when I graduated, there was not such like toy industry in Colombia. I am from Colombia. <laughs> there, was not, there was not like a toy industry in Colombia. So um, I just started exploring new things, like ma- making my own things. And then I realized like, oh my God, this, maybe what, what if I do like this, these dolls move a little bit more. And, and then everything started. Then I, I got like really interested and really into it. And I traveled also uh, to study a little bit more about them in Czech Republic. And later on, I went to England, France, and I just like get really obsessed with this. <laughs> For many many years <laughs> yeah the story is a little bit long though. that's fine okay yeah but mainly that was it mm-hmm. yeah so finally you ended up teaching design in thailand yeah um, yeah well i came to asia also because of puppetry because asia um, asian puppets have their own story for each country so i wanted to explore that side and i thought like puppets were really well connected with culture. So I came to Asia searching for that and then Destiny just offered me his design job and I saw it like an opportunity to expand my knowledge in other fields and you know also to just like to grow up as well mm-hmm. you know and grow up and and now I'm here and I kind of like like it like it because it has gave me the opportunity to to expand to other mediums and maybe also just continue doing puppetry, but using just new things that I'm learning. So, yeah. Nice. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you mentioned you're from Colombia. Um, would you like to share anything from your heritage? Uh, yeah, I am from Bogota, Colombia, which is a very diverse country. I love it. I love my country. I love the culture of my country because it's very diverse. I love the music. Um, and you've got some um, nice, famous writers as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
they are and um, there is a lot of things happening as well in Colombia uh, that in, had inspired a lot of a lot of um, writers yeah that's true actually I'm gonna share later on one book of one of the authors that I think is really like interesting to me but later on okay <laughs> yeah the I remember when I visited Colombia I visited a lot of murals like in uh, general latin american countries are famous of murals yeah they say bogota is like the berlin of south america oh really yeah 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 because there is like a very strong graffiti uh, culture there because mm. yeah if you go to the city center it's full of graffiti full of art it's really amazing it's lovely i love it mm -hmm. i love my country i miss it <laughs> I miss you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. Yeah. All right. Um, talking about writers, the only Colombian writers I know is Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and I'm sure you know some more. Mm, yeah. Well, mm. do you like Marquez? I had to read it when I was at school. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay. When I was a teenager, we were forced to read him. Mm. And I got confused with all mm -hmm. of the stories and all of his which, names. Which novel? Cien Años de Soledad. Mm, the Hundred Years of Solitude. Yeah, that was that was what we had to read a lot. Um, so mainly, mainly, you know, when in terms of books, I'm more into children books. Mm -hmm. I'm more into children books. Why? I love illustration there is a term in spanish called libro album mm -hmm. uh, i don't know in english would be like illustrated album something or like picture that picture album picture album like mm -hmm. and i love this genre i love it i have been in colombia every two years there is a book fair mm. i think it's every two years or one year every every year or every two years they have a book fair and in that book fair they have a just illustration workshops for artists to be mm -hmm. involved with this little album culture. And I got really engaged by that. And I have done like some workshops I have to write children's storybooks and stuff like that. And that has been like one of my dreams to illustrate children books on my own way, on my own style. But it's a very competitive medium. Sure. It's a very, very competitive medium. And when you are in that um, book fair, you notice that, oh my God, there's so much talented people. Mm. <laughs> However, but yeah, so mainly the authors that I have in my mind are all like children book authors. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you one more question about this uh, book fair. Did you go there as an illustrator? Yeah, okay. yeah. Like I, I go to this book fair just like I paid like three workshops. Every time they they come, they do workshops for people. Uh, you see. can just learn a new technique, new or, technique, uh... or learn how to write the stories, or oh, learn wow. how to, yeah, nice, really cool, it's mm -hmm. really really cool. And they they bring international people as well. Okay, have you have you used this knowledge that you gained there? Yes, all mm -hmm. the time, all okay. the time. It's In like, what way? Like, for example, <clears throat> one, one time we had, I went to a workshop of a Chilean book artist. Uh, she was, she's also an author. Her name is Paloma Valdivia. Mm -hmm. 
and her workshop was the trip to the center of the idea. So okay. she was like the whole workshop was how to come up with a brilliant idea to tell to the world in a children's book, like really interesting, right? And it turns out like she, <clears throat> she made us do like a little book, kind of, I think it was like a little book and each book, each page of the book, she asked us a question, like a personal question, like say something that you love, say something that you're afraid of, say something that makes you cry, say something that inspires you. Like with every book you had to like draw something, right? And then at the end of the workshop, she was like, all of these pages are possible sources for inspiration because the center of the idea is you, yourself. Like it's on your own experience and the things that you love might help you to create a new universe from something and create this whole idea. So for example, that workshop, I have applied to many, many, many things. Like every time, even every time with my students, when we're designing or we, we're, when we are like thinking about interesting ideas, I do this type of exercise with them. I try to think of those questions that could trigger their inspiration and help them to find an interesting project to develop. And I learned it from, from her. That was like, like she, I don't know, it was amazing. It was amazing when she did these workshops. How to wake up your inner inspiration. Yeah. Inner passion for writing and creating. Yeah. And creativity. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, it was very simple, but sometimes when you're a writer or you're doing, you're just like thinking too much outside and maybe like thinking about ideas outside, like thinking too hard. Mm-hmm. But the, the like answer... Your, like the story is more important than, than yourself and your words. And but your... anyway, the answer is in yourself. Mm-hmm. The answer, the real answer is in yourself. Mm-hmm. Each, each of us have a story to tell and each of us are special in their own way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what I learned from her. And your way of storytelling is about illustrations and puppetry and... Yeah, and then, and then I used also those ideas to create my puppet shows as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, wow. so I, I create those based on my own mm-hmm. experience and things that are important to me and maybe they can connect with other people, maybe not, or maybe they connect in different ways. Mm-hmm. But generally, yes, I use that. But that's very nice. And now I get it also why you why you are bringing children books for today, because mm-hmm. it's for children books, illustration is the main part uh, of the book. Because for me, I write short stories and um, for me, it's just, you know, letters, but I can still see the movie in my head or mm. or imagine it. And, and also all the readers who are reading books, uh, we, we see some pictures in our heads, but for children books is a bit different. It works differently. Yeah, children books, well, the children books are magic because I feel like the target could be the children, but it's also for adults. And maybe when adults see it, they could see a total new story and a new thing. So I think that that's very interesting. Um, I believe that also 
the image complements the text and the text complements the image. They, they literally not say the same thing. They're like two different languages that complement each other. So that, and that, and I think that that's very, like a very clever thing to do mm-hmm. for that. And yeah, so I am really, I loved how these things connect. <laughs> what, what book did you bring for today? So I... Or what, which authors? Authors. Is, is for me, well, illust- in terms of illustrators, people that illustrate books and make books, my favorite, my favorite of all times is an Australian um, book writer and illustrator called Sean Tan. Mm-hmm. Sean Tan illustrations are just magical. They're full of power. This guy has done uh, books about immigration, has done fantasy books about um, things that are lost, and then the the things, the lost thing, I think one of his books is called The Lost Thing, and and he did like an animation even with the book, and and the book is about these lost objects that nobody used, and then they go to a different world, and they're, wow, it's amazing. He's my favorite illustrator artist. But other than him and talking about like um, Latin American references, especially Colombian references, I I really like a book in Spanish. It's called Camino a Casa. Translation, translation. On the way home. On the way home. Yeah. That's how I would translate it at least. (laughs) (laughs) On the way home. On the way home. Yeah. So on the way home is is for from Jorge Huitrago. So Camino a Casa from Jairo Huitrago and Rafael Jokten. I like this book. I think this book it's about a girl who lost her dad. But in the book, they never tell you that they lost. She lost it, her dad, right? She never, you know, she, they, they, they never tell you this, but they tell you more the way she's dealing with the fact that she lost her dad. So I, I invite people that is like listening to just find it. Because if I tell you the whole story, the trick, yeah, you, don't, they, don't they will, spoil it, please. Yeah, they will miss the trick. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but this is, it's a perfect example of how a simple story can have different layers and different meanings for grown-ups and for kids. And how can, mm-hmm. you, with one children book, you can explain so much to a kid, so much about life. So I love this this book. For me, it's also I connect this book with because in in the book, obviously, this, they never tell you what happened with her dad, right? But in Colombia and the story of Colombia, eh, with you know people that disappeared because of violence with the guerrillas and everything, they, they there is many people that has yeah that, these that, sad stories in the yeah. Family nobody knows where they are if they're alive or if they're dead 
which is in the same thing of the in the story right in this story or maybe they know they're dead but but it's hard to explain it to a kid why mm. why your dad is not with us mm -hmm. so i think that that story really is a very powerful story but like this one there are many many others there are many many others in this world of children illustration books there are many others that can explain to a kid about dead I can explain about like even Paloma Valdivia, the author that I was just mentioning, she made a book called eh, Los de Arriba y Los de Abajo mm -hmm. that talks about the difference between countries from North and the countries from the South. Because in South America, you know, North is USA, uh, Canada, Canada. Mm -hmm. also like, well, Europe, it's up. And then all of the countries from the South, they're like, all yeah, of us the, the division of the, the division and, and mm -hmm. then it was just explaining why those differences why maybe why these countries like why why do we always see those huge differences between the, the these two hemispheres right why the others are poor <laughs> why the others are rich i i really like that and then she summarized that everyone is the same everyone you know so so yeah so with with children's books you can basically talk about any topic mm. in a very beautiful and poetic way with images and text the way you are talking about it yeah. sounds very complicated because like one has to know what like what's the role of the text and what's the role of the illustration as you said like they mm. are complementary and then they can tell different stories and mm. especially with children book like you know, when you're a parent and you read it for your children, then it's like you read the text, but the child only perceives the picture, the picture. By, by his or her eyes. And the story he or she listens to, and maybe like, you know, some children are more visual and just focus more on the picture. So it's really important to to use the, the right metaphors, metaphors and yeah. the right that, um, illustrations that, in general. That's true. That's mm -hmm. true. There was these these book. There's one of the, I I, I think it was the the first children book that uh, somebody read to me. It's called Not Now Bernard, from David McKee. Not Now Bernard. It, it's basically it's very funny because it's like a a kid mm -hmm. that he. He says he sees a monster in the garden, right? So he's like, there is a monster in the garden. Ah, and then he goes to his parents and he's like, mom, there is a monster in the garden. And then mom says, not now, Bernard. I'm doing the, <laughs> I'm doing the, uh -huh. the, like the lunch. Then he goes to the, to the dad, 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 there is a monster in the garden. And the dad says, not now, Bernard. I am <laughs> I am like watching the football game. Mm. And so on. And so the, the, the thing is like he goes and asks and all the day all the time he's like asking people. Like But everyone is busy. Everyone is busy until the end. The the monster eats Bernard. The monster eats Bernard. And the next scene is Bernard is no longer there. He's the monster in the is the monster in bernard's room 
-huh. And then the mom goes, and and the monster is going to like eat the mom. And then mm -hmm. the mom says, "Not now, Bernard." And then the next scene is the monster very afraid, just like sleeping in the in the Bernard's room, like nobody pay, like very sad. And and that's it. That's it. But I I like it because it's it's a very simple story, but it could tell you so many things. What happens when you don't put like a lot of attention to somebody, mm -hmm. right, in the family? Maybe and also the monsters that are existing in ourselves. Yeah, well, like, um, yeah, like you see that. Yeah. I, I see it in a completely different thing. I, I see yeah. like Bernard become a monster mm -hmm. and he will become a monster like this because he's not, he will not listen. Mm. You know, People I, don't I, listen to him like his own family doesn't listen to him. I think it's like... But so... it's also like, it, for me, it's more like the kid who is scared of the monster, so he wants to let everyone know. It's like all of us have demons mm. and you know when you want to share like okay i have this problem and then nobody wants to listen to you and you have this problem and finally your demons eat you up and then we we get under our depression or under our bad feelings too and that's like we become a monster like the mm. result would be the same yes yes <laughs> that's very interesting now i just want to read children books after <laughs> this talk i feel like they're awesome they're awesome i can go to libraries and spend my entire day just reading children's books and trying to find the different meanings mm -hmm. and learning a lot from them as well yeah i see thank you but I know that you also, as you already mentioned, the picture albums, you're into fashion and you're into other other ways of design and um, any favorite like adult books in, in picture albums or something that inspired you? Besides children books, what mm -hmm. do you mean, like other things? Yeah, like the picture albums. I remember one time we were talking about some fashion books that yeah. you especially liked. Fashion books. Mm -hmm. I have bought books about puppetry. Mm -hmm. <laughs> puppetry explaining the history or explaining the mechanics of mechanisms of puppetry. With fashion, it's more that I follow designers that do amazing work, like mm -hmm. zero waste patterns and uh, natural dyes. Oh, there is like some really good books about natural dyes. But like nowadays, because now I'm in Thailand, so it's very hard for me to buy the books because I never know if I travel or go back or something like that. So mainly I just read online okay. much, much more than, except children books. <laughs> except. All right, always. Let's feed the inner child. What is your favorite book besides this? Not now, Bernard. Um, Children book or any type any, of any types. any type of book. My favorite book. Oh, Rajuela, Julio Cortázar. Mm -hmm. Hopscotch. Uh, Hopscotch in language. English from Julio Cortázar. I like it. I like, I like that book. It's not that I have read everything, but I, I like the way it's it's made. You know, you can. It's the one that you can jump from beginning to end, or you can jump like yes. according to the code that the writer gave. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, for me, to be honest, for me, the future of books should be like that. Mm 
for Why? me, I feel that um, it would just would be just more dynamic. Like I imagine a book that has that goes to a chapter. You finish the chapter, and maybe there is a QR code, and then mm-hmm. you jump. You have to jump to a YouTube video and watch something that the author wants to say. That you know, like finding a key or something like that, and then go back to the book and continue the story from there. Oh wow! Always ready for adventure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would. Nice. I think that's so. I think that Julio Cortázar really, really kind of did that, started doing that, and all of his chapters are fantastic. It's like a puzzle that you have to solve. Yeah, and some of them I don't understand anything, and others just, it just really touched me, you know. What's what's the story? What's the idea? I've never read this, not in English nor in Spanish. They have different themes, Mm -hmm. different topics. Uh, my favorite one, for example, is I think it's chapter twenty-three. <laughs> it's and it's a very sensual chapter. Uh, it's just it 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 looks like a poem. It could be a poem. Or it could be just like a story. Um, it just have different rhythms that you can just go. You have to just like. It's the same as the children's books. You just have to get into it and try to explore it, this book, and see how it goes. Yeah. Thank you for the recommendation. Have you created your own book yet? Um, I have created my own book. The story is what? I have created my own book, but it was like a very personal book. Because after, again, as I mentioned before, after the workshop from Paloma Valdivia, where she was saying that you should write about something that is very meaningful to you, I I just followed that advice and I decided to write a children's book about my sister. Mm-hmm. I had a sister that died and I have another sister. I had like I have two sisters. One of them she died uh, when she was 27 and I was 18 and it was a very hard experience to me. So my older sister she has three kids. And those three kids didn't get to know my the, the sister that died. So I wanted to write a storybook mm-hmm. about her. It was the name was the aunt Carolina, that was the, because that was my sister's name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so I did this book. I did the whole, I write the story and I, and I made the illustrations and I print it out, bind it together and send it to my nephews. They live in the U.S. Wow. So uh, that was my, yeah, that's, that's the how, only book. How was the reception of your book by them? I think it was. It was okay. Um, my my other sister told me she read to them when they were six, seven, seven mm-hmm. years old, the kids. Because one of them, it was just very mysterious. Because one of them, 
on a 2nd of January, 2nd of January, one of them said like, mom, what day is tomorrow? What day is tomorrow? With, without any reason, without any reason. And it turns out that 3rd of January was the birthday of my sister who passed away. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why this kid was saying, what day is tomorrow? What day is tomorrow? Just for fun that day, I don't know, what day is tomorrow? And then my sister said like, well, tomorrow it was your other, your aunt's birthday. I was like, my aunt. And then she took the book that I gave her and read the story to them mm-hmm. and showed them the pictures and showed them everything. And it was a nice experience. I That's what she said. That was, that was my, my sister said like, it's a beauty was a beautiful experience and she said that she cried a little bit mm-hmm. while showing the the story to my nephews beautiful thank you for sharing <laughs> thank you future plans about stories or illustrations that you want to write or create? Definitely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. The problem is time. Mm. This problem is time, but I, I do wish to, to do some stories. Maybe I, I always dream like doing a puppet show, but at the same time that puppet show has a book. Mm-hmm. And it's created by you. It's like your story. It's like based, like the puppet show is based with, mm-hmm. it has a link together. So people go and see the show, but they also have a book so they can see and read. And um, yeah. Now I also understand why you are, why you like so much the pop-up books idea I love, <laughs> in the class. <laughs> I love pop-up books, pop-up books. I love pop-up books. The problem like with pop-up books, to make it like commercialized is the mechanism because I have no idea how how you can assemble everything and mm-hmm. you know sell it to the world. Yeah. <laughs> but who knows? I mean, maybe I just again I just need to travel to the center of my idea <laughs> and come up with something and do it one mm-hmm. one of these days. Where, where do you get your inspiration from? Um, for teaching, for creating, for your own stuff, for, for your puppets, for... Uh, for my own stuff, I just... I just... Uh, I just get it from my own, own experience, I think. Like, mm-hmm. I start with a concept that really bothers me in life, and then I develop that concept, and I try to come up with a solution. For example, the concept of fear, being afraid of something. So I try to, that's my concept, and I try to think about stories that are linked to that, and how, from my own perspective, I can solve that, that concept, fear. What's fear for me? And then I start from there. Or other time, other times I just connected with my own culture or the things that are happening in my country that matters to me. Like, for example, one, one day in Colombia, when I was in Colombia, I was shocked by 
by the a news that was saying that Colombia is the third country with most amount of victims from landmines, landmines. So because they're people that have uh, lost their their legs or lost lost their arms because they found a weird object in the ground and it turns out that it was a landmine. So that really shocked me and I thought like how horrible this was and how people in the city in Bogotá, we are not really aware of that because all of that happens outside. Mm -hmm. And even though we see the news, we normalize it and people don't really give that much importance. Yeah, it's somewhere far, far away. Yeah, people don't, but it's, it's not that far. It's like in our same country. So I try to think about how could I try, how could I make people have some empathy with that? How can I make them feel? And then I decided to create a puppet show about it. And it was uncomfortable for some people, but for me, it was like a matter of, of saying like, this happens. I'm mm -hmm. talking with the audience about it, like this happens, this this happens here. Why what are we doing about this? Let's do something about it. Or let's have it very present in our mind. So again, with the inspiration is more about the context where I'm living. It's all about the inspiration comes from the context and, and my and the situations that come up to my in my own ex, on my own experience, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's the same for everyone, like really I I think that people, I don't know you, what about you? Where do you get your inspiration? I think I just go with the flow. Like, for example, when I started to do the November writing challenge, I had a theme in my mind. I knew what I wanted to experiment with. And I already collected some elements from like my fantasy, like previous readings and Mm -hmm. and the cultural knowledge that I gained in Thailand. And then I started to form a story about that. And then after that, uh, I got, I always, I, I was always writing my story in little cafes and I have my favorite place now. And at some moment in my favorite place, I just got inspired by that cafe. And mm. then another story started to pop out, it really you know, and then it goes like super fluid after a while. Like it's going like but from one comes the other, other thing. But you see, it comes from the context. Like it comes from <laughs> maybe yes, you're it right. comes from the context. You you leave that and then you change it a little mm. bit. But it comes from you had to go to that yeah. cafe yes, to really get true. inspired by it. But for me, it's more like I observe a lot, and then it's like the play-doh. I have I collect a lot of experience mm. with um, through observation, and then I just like you know, merge everything together and then a story well, falls out. That's, that's creativity. And that, that's something that I always teach the students in my classroom. They, one part of the design process is gathering references. Mm -hmm. Design process or even like UX, like user experience design process. They have this thing called benchmarking where you go and research what's there in the market, research what other people have done and gather inspiration from other places. And, and I think that's, I do that same thing, but, but the inspiration can come from a coffee shop 
it can come from your inner problems it can come from it it's just a matter of context right yeah i agree yeah <laughs> that's nice it's um it's very nice to be around you too because you're also very inspirative so thank you for that uh, thank you so what what is your biggest success what do you look at um you can mention several ones that's something that you're that you're really proud of it could be also it doesn't have to be like an exhibition or something it could be the students or it could be some like some performance that you mentioned about the landmines that i feel that you are proud of it in a way i feel like my biggest success i feel that for the past 10 years i have been doing what I love mm -hmm. and sometimes sometimes it's, it has not been like wow amazing results or sometimes that I haven't had like success with a specific thing but the success goes in just I have the beautiful opportunity to have time for things that I love doing for me that's the success one time for example, one time I, I worked, I was a mentor. Okay, I'm not doing puppetry 24-7, you know? I'm not doing, but I have my times. I have my times when I have school, I finish my classes and I have this amazing design workshop. I have my time to, let's create a puppet. <laughs> let's create something, let's do it. Let's experiment with this, let's, you know, and I, and I, so grateful for having that time. Let me let us tell the listeners that you are one of the most patient people I know. <laughs> yeah, I wish sometimes I had your patience. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, when, when you make a puppet and it doesn't come out as you want it to, like, okay, no worries. Let's do it another time. Let's do it another time. Oh, yeah. until, <laughs> until it comes out like you imagined it or until it comes out like you drew it before and for me i try to paint sometimes and then uh okay it's not what i really imagined like okay i don't care anymore <laughs> and that's it you know that's that's the difference between a professional and amateur maybe no no you just have to learn how to enjoy the process mm -hmm. because if you just focus on the outcome you will suffer a lot mm -hmm. i have had so many puppet shows that failed <laughs> <laughs> going to like really going to the street and making a puppet show and nobody gave me one coin <laughs> you know things like that. so many times i have had others that were really successful where people clap a lot and like uh -huh. and i have been to puppet festivals and everything but that's uh because it's like a constant thing that i've been trial and error you say mm -hmm. like that yes. try, try and error, error. try yeah. and error mm -hmm. you do you try you do you try some are successful some are not but the, again the most important thing is value the opportunity to have that process of experimenting and trying it people not, don't value that and mm. that's very important to value that process don't frustrate with the first attempt just keep on doing someday it will be successful. And if you're not successful in life, at least you have the wonderful opportunity of trying. Mm -hmm. yeah. Wow, thank you for the valuable <clears throat> advice. I, I, I should remember this. 
a lot, I think. Because sometimes for me, like experimenting with my art or experimenting even with writing, sometimes I'm very inclined to stop it. Not because I don't think I might not be good at it or something like that, but more like, what if I will fail? What if people won't like it? Then I devoted a lot of time for nothing, basically. But you're right. The process, like the inner journey, is more important yes. than how much other people gain from that. And yeah. Stuff like that. Now, back to puppets. Um, when you create your puppet shows and... Do you create it with stories or like with text or just pantomime or mixed or with music? What is your, your process? Pantomime, music. Unfortunately, I am not an actor. I'm not like an actor. I cannot, I cannot project my voice as an actor. I'm more of a maker. So I rely on making a puppet that moves mm -hmm. and try to move as smooth as I as, as it can and then create a story with movement. And I and I try to to experiment with different techniques in storytelling. Mm -hmm. You know the usual technique of having a, a problem then a solution and mm -hmm. you know there is a helper in the story. Mm -hmm. so there's, there is a problem, there is a solution, there is a helper, and then the, the basic one, but I also have tried uh, techniques like the Kishetin Ketsu, like a Japanese technique where there is no problem, there is no oh, problem in okay. the story, but there is a, an event that has a twist at the end. And it, it sounds like Murakami. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, so it has a story. That, the story is just like super like um no problem normal about like average people average circumstances and then some magical realism happens yes a right. twist that, <laughs> and that twist gives the spectator something like oh i understand now the whole thing so i have tried to use that i have tried to use that with that thing i also while creating my puppet shows i follow a rule, uh, one, one teacher, one puppet teacher, told me that a good puppet show always have a secret, a magic, and a surprise. That's So I try to, every time I do a puppet show, I say, okay, what's the secret in this story? What's the surprise? What is the magic? Wow, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> very, very mindful as well. <laughs> Okay, we have time for one more question. Which one is your favorite puppet that you made? My favorite puppet is... I'm debating it to two, but... I, I have to say one... There is one little bird that I did. I like it because I... The, he's, he, I performed with him in a little... Like, his, his stage is a little box. So this puppet comes out from a little box. And the inspiration for doing this was, <laughs> I was thinking about how people pro make a marriage proposal to each other and how that, that, that proposal is so magical. It's like, 
makes the other person feel loved and amazing, mm-hmm. you know? So I was thinking, what if I do a puppet show where people could feel the same way? And it would be like a puppet show for only one person. Mm-hmm. But I can do it many, many, many times. And it was not like I was romantically proposing to somebody, but it was similar. It was like I wanted I wanted this little bird to tell the other person, I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I did this show, I created this show and I put some music and and it had like a pair of headphones, headsets, right? Headsets. Mm-hmm. So I was with one and the other person was with one and we were listening to the same music and I had this little box where the little bird came out and, you know, did all of these dance to that person. And the person obviously felt that he was like special because it's a puppet show for one person. And that's my favorite puppet because I, it was a time where I proposed myself to this show 100 times 100 times or like 100 at least 100 times i did it everywhere i was working in bogota and they took me i was working in bogota in the in an artistic project with the city and i did it to my colleagues I did it in a park with a lot, two different people. Then the the organization that I was working with, one time they they brought me to to an event in outside of a jail where people were doing a lineup to go to to visit their families in the in the jail. So I did it for the people, <laughs> and it was it was magical. It was magical. It was such a beautiful experience to do that to have that thing with the, this little character and saying these things to people so he was one he's one of my favorite now i after doing it 100 times every time i listen to that song i get really irritated <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to do it again I don't want to do this show again, so I'm waiting maybe two or three years more so I can go again and do it one more time. Or choose another song. Or choose another song, but I have in my head rehearsed so much that the movement with this character are like flowing really good. So yeah, that's my favorite part. Thank you. Um, you're a truly inspirative person. I'm so glad that I know you. <laughs> Not being cheesy, but for real. <laughs> so cheesy. Do you have any uh, suggestions or advice for the audience? Some recommendation? If they're makers or artists or any type of creators, uh, my advice is just to enjoy the process. There is a lot of things online and sometimes sometimes as creators you get to compare yourself with other people and i just recommend not to don't compare yourself with other people i just enjoy the process and and the possibility of creating and creating your own things and maybe also find find your own way to make a difference around you don't target the world as your target audience 
target maybe your family, your friends. Maybe if you're a writer, write something to your parents, you know, something that they, if you're a writer, write something for your close friends first, you know, I'm not saying not, never to publish, no, <laughs> I think like, like don't frustrate yourself with, with wanting to be, be the most successful writer ever lived because you're going to suffer a lot. <laughs> Just start by the people that are around you, the context, to go to your neighbors. Same with your painter. If you're, if you do portraits, look at who's in, who has, you know, who inspire you in your community, do a portrait of that person, but start local. And then you will, you know, just go a little bit, a little bit and expand, expand, expand. And I'm not saying that that's the key to success. I'm saying that that's the key to happiness, <laughs> which is more important than success. Which is success. Huh? Which is success. Success. Yeah. It's success. Yeah. Happy. That's yeah. what we all want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you for being with us for this month as well and follow Ersasis Mundo. Stay tuned for more book reviews. Bye!